Welcome to the Dark Academicals, the podcast where we delve into the mythos of dark academia one book at a time. I'm Sophie Waters. And I'm Sarah Purnell. And this week we are discussing The Mary Shelley Club by Goldie Moldowski. When Rachel Chavez experiences a home invasion that turns her into a horror movie final girl, she and her mother move to New York City to make a fresh start. After witnessing a prank go awry at a house party, she's pulled into the secretive and dangerous Mary Shelley Club. Freddie, Bram, Felicity and Thea find comfort and joy in horror movies and kill it at horror trivia. But it's the thrill of the chase that gives these bored rich kids the spark to carry on. But all isn't as it seems within the club, and the fear tests that the school sees as pranks might not be as harmless as they first seem. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Just a quick note before we go any further. We actually said um, at the end of last week's episode that it wasn't released in the UK until um, the end of August. But we were in fact correct, incorrect and it's been published in the UK under The Last Girl since last spring. <laughs> but it Oops. wasn't coming up on our searches. So we both imported the American hardback when there is a Kindle audiobook and UK paperback available under a, um, the UK title of The Last to, Girl. To be so fair, heads up. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, if you're interested in it after this, you might be. Um, <laughs> the American version is prettier. Yeah, it's, it's a much nicer cover and a better title, I think. Yeah. Yeah, The, the Last Girl just gives me thriller Riley Sager vibes and I'm not here for it. <laughs> <laughs> but before we go any further, um, this is your big spoiler warning. We will be discussing this book in detail. We will not be hedging around plot tists, twists, plot tists. We will not be hedging around plot twists and spoilers and or anything. So that is your fair warning before we get started. Okay, so there's also whole host of trigger warnings and content warnings for this book um i recommend you go to um storygraph and check them out yourself but just on the top there are warnings for death murder violence blood stalking bullying panic attacks kidnapping uh drugs and alcohol and yeah i could go on (laughs) but those are those are the main ones so do check those out if you still want to read it after we've finished with this episode. Right, so I'm going to start this with basically saying that we both hated this book. So take that into into consideration here. (laughs) It's unfortunately probably my least favourite read of this year so far. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I think it might be mine actually. Of what I finished, because normally if I hate something, I don't finish it. Yeah, that's true. Me too. Obviously, didn't really have a choice. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I will also say that I did go in with a slight bias because Goldie Modavsky's first novel, Kill the Boy Band, which I read back in what must have been 2014, 2015, Mm. had some serious, horrific fat phobia. And I vowed never to read her again because it just got brushed off and ignored and wasn't happy about it. It was horrible. Um, but, you know, seven, eight years have passed, decided to give her another go, and the, there wasn't any fat phobia. 
No, there was a whole host of other issues. There were other issues. But there wasn't, in fact, fat phobia. And yeah, I still hated it. So, you know, she's just not an author for me. Not for me. (laughs) But yeah, that is a just a a warning sign for if you do want to go and uh, read anything else of hers, which... You know, that's that's your choice. <laughs> if you enjoy it, then more power to you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I won't be reading anything else from her. Me neither. Mm-mm. So I suppose we'll get into it and kind of try and figure out what would make this title a Dark Academia title, if it is at all, and why maybe people might assume that it is. Mm-hmm. Um And the first thing we have on our list is a higher education setting, often on campus and usually elite or exclusive in some way. It's absolutely elite and exclusive. Yeah. (laughs) It's a a Manhattan prep school, Manchester prep on the Upper West Side, I think. So. Yeah. Or on the East Side. I'm not sure. It's near Central Park. I know that much. (laughs) Central Park runs through the middle Look, and then there's the east side and Sophie, the west side. <laughs> I've been to New York once. My geography is a little bit sketchy. <laughs> I think it's on the west side because it says something about Museum Row. Yeah, I it's think. not far from That's the Met. The... I think I feel like I get I get Gossip Girl vibes. Although the Met's on the east side. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Not important. <laughs> Expensive. Very expensive, very exclusive, very constants from Gossip Girl. Yeah. But it's mixed. Um, But it's obviously not higher education, but it is a... What's the word? It's a high school. What's the American word? (laughs) It's a high school. It's a high school. It's a high school. Um, And the only reason that Rachel goes to the school is that her mum teaches there. Yeah. But the rest of the kids, you know, are town cars pick you up from school and you know brownstones on the upper Mm. whatever side of Manhattan (laughs) Um, so it is that kind of gossip girl kind of setting yeah uniforms um, yeah the whole shebang although Mm. I'm not entirely sure why her uniform fits so badly but it was just another no. little detail that annoyed me because it was <laughs> the way it was. Everyone, everyone else had their skirts. They're supposed to like, what was it? Brush the knee. Yeah. And everyone else had theirs like thigh. Brushing length. the thigh. <laughs> and yet hers somehow brushes her shins, which seems very long. <laughs> like, how do you get it that wrong? <laughs> Unless she's just like four for eight. <laughs> 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 which I feel like would have been mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's very odd. I guess it's that just a really heavy-handed way of going, oh, she doesn't fit in here. She's poor, you know. <laughs> Which yeah. we'll touch on. We will touch on. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously, as comes with this kind of setting, there is the old Gothic architecture, which we look for, but it's only so briefly mentioned, but it has no weight or influence or place in the story whatsoever, does it? No. I mean, they don't actually spend that much time in no. the school. At all. I mean, yeah, it is literally described as gothic, isn't yeah. it? In the, the first kind of description of it is gothic. Mm. Um, yeah. But they don't spend that much time at school, really. Barely any at all, really. I think it's like at the beginning and at the end a little bit, but it's mm. pretty much it. 
Yeah, everything mostly, mostly takes place in um, Bram's... Bram's house. ...study. Yeah. Yeah. Which is quite gothic-y in the sense that it's that got... Is. It's got the... I don't know, it's, some, it's got a Grecian urn. I remember it that. Does. <laughs> I need to. I'm going to try and school my voice to to be less disdainful with everything that I say. <laughs> Let me try that again. It has a Grecian urn and some other artifacts. Yeah, there's and... a comment, isn't it? Like, there's a Picasso in there, and yeah, he sits in a big like a uh... oh, what that wing back wing back armchair, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's very much, it gives that kind of, like, academic um, professor's luxurious study. Like, yeah. That kind of vibe. Which does does fit. It really does. Yeah. Um, but there's just no feeling in it. <laughs> no, it's very flat. I found it very flat. Yeah. There just isn't an atmosphere, really. No, for me, where, anyway. Whereas when we have titles that are instantly, like, we know ha- fits the Dark Academia kind of feel and vibe, there was none of that for me. Mm-mm, definitely not. Because, like, one of our other tenets is, like, a dark, moody and or haunting vibe. And it is dark. It is absolutely dark. But it's more dark... That's a really badly worded phrase but it's more dark in a thriller way than a dark academia way yeah it's not propelling you through the story it's not lingering and diving and glimpsing at yeah it's not secrets and it's not kind of like a cerebral kind of focus is it there's not like a uh it's not like an ennui kind of feeling you know what i mean (laughs) Not that thrillers can't be. I'm sure there are. I'm, yeah. I'm not really a, a th- much of a thriller reader. Um, but this just hit that kind of pacey commercial thriller vibe. Mm, I think, I, again, I, I'm I'm not saying that uh, YA, young adult literature can't fit um, our criteria at all. But there were, it leans too far, I think, into the teen speak in the writing yeah. for it to kind of give you that overall dark academia feel yeah although i do feel like our next episode the finale for season two <laughs> could turn that phrasing on its head i hope so i we're, we're excited about this one <laughs> we, we need it we need it after the mary shelley club <laughs> yeah i think the thing is with with um with this author's writing is it is very um uh what's the word uses a lot of slang and a lot of like Mm. colloquial isn't it's very colloquial and which makes it very easy to read like it's very easy to keep turning the pages but Mm. there's not a lot of substance yeah i mean it's nearly 500 pages and i read it in two days yeah it's it's very easy to read it's very easy to consume um but it's just a bit lacking in substance and grit mm. to hold on to really and i think that carries through with like what this novel is preoccupied with so our kind of focus through dark academia is a preoccupation with classical studies the latin greek philosophy or literature and this kind of goes with horror movies yeah it almost i think again another reason why we probably thought this could be like a dark academia um 
title is because of the Mary Shelley reference. Mm-hmm. So we could have had the literature aspect. But the club doesn't really focus much on the authors, like on the literature. You know, it mentions Mary Shelley. It mentions Lord Byron and Percy by Shelley. But it doesn't yeah. actually go any further than that. Yeah, they write a paper on her. And I think her and Bram argue about the position of Percy in yeah. Shelley's life. But it's very brief. It's very kind of dropping it in. It's it's trying to legitimise the name of the book and the name of the club, I think. It's not really... I think their focus on Mary Shelley is the link through the adaptations of Frankenstein because they are horror movies. But Frankenstein, Mary Shelley's novel isn't a horror novel. No. And I think those two things are compounded in here, in the wrong way. (laughs) I think, again, you could could have changed the name of the club to almost anything and it wouldn't have actually impacted on the story, on the narrative. No, it wouldn't have made a difference at all. Um, I think it was it was missing those kind of academic or not even necessarily academic, just clever ways that an author could weave that into the story. Yeah, I think even if even if we went with the the horror film aspect, because they're all very like academically almost like immersed in like Mm. horror culture but if they'd have picked almost like one and then ran with that um i think it could have been more impactful than kind of like just picking from all of them because they go across the board don't they they go oh they like slashers they like classic like amityville horror like it's is not a um it doesn't drill down into a specific element of a topic in the way that dark academia usually does yeah you know because like obviously in the secret history it's very specifically um bacchanal and greek tragedy and things like that and in shakes yeah. in um in shakespeare in <laughs> if we were villains it's shakespeare's tragedies and we drill down in that yeah um and in Madam by Phoebe Wynn. All episodes from season one of the podcast, by the way. So if you have not listened to them, please go back and listen to them and read those wonderful books. But sidetracked by promo for a second there. <laughs> and I've forgotten what I was saying. Excellent. Cool. Uh, Madam. The, the, uh, Madam. Hmm. Yeah. So that's Greek mythology and the, the roles of women and escaping there patriarchal prisons but there's nothing of that depth here but very easily could have because if you run with the title that the uk has gone with the last girl you could have Mm -hmm. easily kind of stuck with horror films i know it's a trope that appears in a lot of horror films but you could have picked a few like iconic kind of um horror films that kind of have that element of that victim girl yeah who yeah i don't really know how to explain that trope properly i know what you mean yeah i think the final girl i do have an issue with the way that's portrayed as well which we'll touch on later so don't let me forget 
<laughs> but yeah, it's just doesn't dive deep enough, really, to kind of tick this off for us. No. Murder, however, nails that. <laughs> Murder left, right, and left, right, and center. I just, I think, I know this is a book that's supposed to be dark, and I am not the kind of person that shies away from a bit of dark in my books. But mm. I found it a bit gratuitous in the same yeah. way that she, the the protagonist, kind of comments about some of like the gore and like the murder in some of the horror films being gratuitous. I'm reading it at the same time going, I don't quite see the point in the vi- all of the violence. Especially the end. Yeah. Like, that came out of nowhere. Yeah. I think that would have been more satisfying without all of the violence. Yeah. I kind of don't fully understand the ending. Um, in the, In the sense that they know Rachel's backstory and I don't quite understand why they kind of allowed it to replay like her trauma kind of they they did they reenacted it with Lux in a way Mm. rather than I thought it would be more cyclical for it to them to like re redo it with Rachel yeah, and I they sort they, of do, but it's not in the house. It's not. It's no. not the same situation. I think the whole point of it being in the place where she feels supposed safe. to be the most safe. Yeah, and that's why it's traumatic. But I think it just it just missed the mark again, didn't it? Yeah, like, it was just so stabby. much potential. Yes, definitely. There's so much potential in this novel. Yeah, in the tropes that it does play on, um, and it just doesn't. Just doesn't quite ever deliver them. Yeah, it doesn't quite that get there. That's satisfying point. Yeah, like oh 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 okay. Exactly. I just the end of it was just like a, a stabby stabby knife fest. Like we were just like stabbing <laughs> and hitting people with rocks and yeah, it was just. It felt rushed, actually. Yeah, especially when you spent like four hundred and fifty pages leading up to this moment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they're kind of revelations about you know who was really behind it and the fact that you know the whole thing of rachel being in the club was an elaborate fear test it it got resolved so quickly yeah and there wasn't really time to digest the plot twists the shock the we never really knew how rachel felt about these betrayals because no. she was too busy running around, <laughs> hitting people with rocks, like. <laughs> and I just—I also don't think they—they they give enough space for the characters, well, especially for Rachel, anyway. But for the characters to kind of, there is almost a dark academia moment when. Let me get her name right. She's not called Sandra. Um, yeah. is is offed like. Mm-hmm. regardless of whether she fell or whether you know whatever Whatever's culpability meant, people yeah. have but it's almost a dark academia moment where they're all like oh my gosh we're actually gonna get in trouble for this like they're gonna mm-hmm. find out but it all again gets tied up really neatly like there's an autopsy and they kind of assume that she was taking drugs and that's why they get away with it without any stress yeah there's not enough time for that kind of like pressure cooker to 
explode which which would make more sense for like an ending like that to have occurred if there was mm-hmm. more chance for you know somebody might want to go and tell the police or go and tell a teacher or has told already told someone else so then they have to kind of get the stabby stabby knife treatment but <laughs> yeah and then that that happens again though when Saundra's plaque is sprayed and it just fizzles out again because and it's written off by the fact that these kids are rich and have powerful parents yeah no and there's a vague threat from the principal who weirdly is called arsehead (laughs) or arsehat or something the assistant headmaster is called asshead because he's the the assistant head so they call him asshead so stupid it tripped me up every time um (laughs) (laughs) asshat could you imagine (laughs) and that that did exactly the same it just brushed it away and it and that could have been a really strong pivotal moment again yeah and it just fizzled it just i think it would have been really interesting to be able to put like the microscope on each of those characters kind of unraveling Mm -hmm. in in different ways they do that whereas instead we just suddenly have the reveal that freddie was behind it all to begin with um a little uh, bit like how when the fear tests play out the person who is targeted has a chapter of them experiencing the fear test. Yeah. That is possibly the only element that I enjoyed. (laughs) Yeah. I like the way that, the way that was carried out, the way it contrasts to what we were seeing Mm. through the main um, lens. Yeah. And I really enjoyed reading that book through Lux's uh, narrative. Yeah, I enjoy she's her perspective. Character. Yeah, yeah, and she—I think she's one of the few characters in the book that has depth to her. Yeah, they tried to kill her off. They did. I just don't. I again, I don't fully understand Freddie's motivation or any of them for like. Yes, they wanted. It was an elaborate fear test to, you know, to to get Rachel, but. Mm. I don't fully understand, like, his... To go that far, like, why? Why? Because all that we're given is when he says he craved chaos. And he goes, well, I told you I craved chaos. <laughs> Yet yeah, chaos, not mass murder. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's a difference. And it... Do we... Is he actually apprehended at the end? It's not, is no, he? No, he dies. He gets killed. Brown oh, he, kills oh, him. Oh, yeah, he killed him. He yeah. killed him. I couldn't remember if he survived only... or not, but he didn't, did he? Yeah, because he's the only one that survives. He's the only one that dies, even. Bar Felicity, who we have no idea what happens to her. She <laughs> got a head bashed forgotten. in with a rock and then she rolls away, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> she just vanishes. <laughs> I mean, and it's not like rich girls go missing without some drama, you know? And Thea gets a knife between his shoulder blades. Why does Felicity stab Thea? I honestly don't know. <laughs> That's the thing, like, the ending is a mess. And then, and then, um, Rachel goes to visit Bram in hospital. Like, why can't you just wait for, like, wait until he's out of hospital? Give the boy a minute. Yeah, I know. 
give yourself a minute just send mm. him a text yeah, exactly <laughs> I yeah know. i don't know so yeah murder lots of murder lots <clears throat> of that accidental um, death manslaughter murder all of it yeah um so hero worship of a particular figure or author no not really no there's of movies and directors and obviously mary shelley is like the the their title of their club but they don't but not with any actual link to her really like they don't have an emotional connection to her they don't have an emotional connection to frankenstein they like what she created and how that was then adapted into movies yeah (laughs) you know there's no actual link to her there's no exploration of her ideas of what she was saying except when they wrote the paper when they it's like the last line of the paper which is obviously Uh like uh a big deal in the novel um it is but it's nothing okay you can if you're gonna read it you read it but if i can find it it's nothing that we don't... It's nothing new. It's nothing, like, shocking. It doesn't... No, it's... I mean, then it it was groundbreaking in the novel then, but... So Bram's written the written the essay and she kind of flips to the back to, like, read the, like, the last bit. And, um... Yeah. yeah. It's not a conclusion that's that's going to, like, shock you. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, it wasn't anything... It wasn't a different take. I think that's what I'm trying to get at. It's just a yeah, well-known... Well accepted kind of viewpoint of Frankenstein. Yeah. If you read the book, then you know that. Mary Shelley's message was clear. Real monsters aren't the ones created by man. The real monster is man himself. Wow. So no, we're breaking. not having we're not having that tone, Sarah. <laughs> no. Yeah. It's I mean everyone well, I don't know, maybe everyone's a bit too broad. But most people study Frankenstein. That's not well, in the UK, at least. Yeah. I don't know what that the deal is <laughs> with American literature studies. Well, it wouldn't be American literature studies, would it? It would be English literature studies in America. But you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's widely accepted and known that that was what she was getting at. <laughs> Did I have a point? I spent so long looking for that quote. <laughs> <laughs> Not sure. <laughs> Never mind. Moving on. <laughs> So another thing that we look for is old money, which will collide with new money or no money. And yes. Yeah, we can definitely tick this uh, off. Definitely a different angle to um, other books we've looked at that have come across this. Because I think we've already said Rachel is at Manchester Prep because her mum is a teacher. And basically all the other characters, apart from Freddie are filthy rich. Mm. But there's just not really any nuance there. I think it's because also, often in Dark Academia, the main protagonist is usually the one one that doesn't have any money or is like from Mm. a low-income background, but wants to be part of the kind of rich circles, basically. But Rachel does not. She has no. nothing but disdain and judgment and mm-hmm. just horrible thoughts about these people. And yeah. fair enough, 
they're not very nice people, but I no. just, I really struggled with some of her observations. I thought it was just unnecessary. Especially when it came to Sandra. Mm. Like, she is the only person that genuinely tried to be friends with Rachel. And Rachel just continually brushed her off and judged her. Yeah. She's the only one that genuinely liked her. <laughs> um, yeah, she just... She looks down on them all for the privilege that they have. Yeah. But she doesn't get to know them. She, it's not from... I don't know, experience. It's knowing they're rich and that's enough for her. Yeah. I do want to flag Bram's 17th birthday after party. That was a weird mix of <laughs> Gossip Girl and like the Wolf of Wall Street kind yes, of. Yes, exactly. It's that energy, isn't it? It's and it like, really... It's definitely... All right, if we're going to go the film option, because we're talking about a lot of films in this book, it's almost like you went with Leonardo DiCaprio's Wolf on Wall Street, then also took his Great Gatsby, shoved it <laughs> yeah. together, and shoved it into a Gossip Girl lens. And there we are. There we are, brought folks. In, brought in Chuck Bass. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I also what was wonder... that? What was that? What was it? What was that whole scene? What was the point? What was it? Sophie, tell me what the point was for that scene. Well, I will. I will. Okay. Okay. No. I think, mate. Do you know what it made me think of? Is the Bacchanal in Secret History, and I couldn't help but wonder if that's what she was trying to pull on, because she also there are also lots of parallels in the way she sets up the group. Yeah. And it's I don't know whether it's just because Secret History on the brain, but I saw like lots of things where she was. It felt like Modavsky was trying to kind of bring that connection to the secret history in. Well, like I, with the setup of the five. Yeah. You've got the poor person, well, not poor, low income person as the outsider in this rich setting, trying to get on, on, on this group, not knowing all the secrets. They all have things, you know, going on independently and, you know, and it's well, that person standing to tell yeah. the story kind of thing and then i think i said to you quite early on in in the read that i bram was one of the only characters that i actually sort of liked out of all mm. of them if i had to pick one of them not necessarily i liked him because he was a nice character but i just was gravitate i thought he was interesting yeah and it's similar to how i feel about um henry mm in the secret history he's very yeah. henry-esque isn't he he's like the, he is, the, yeah. the ringleader and you know he's he's very kind of i don't know what the word is but has the same he's clearly modeled after henry isn't yeah he? definitely definitely i guess you could also put um thea as bunny really but then also freddie it's like and also rachel like yeah <laughs> I think I think really characters wise Bram and Henry I think that's where it ends with the comparisons in that sense yeah fair enough I think that's fair although is is Thea technically a Francis oh 
could be a Francis. Mm. I feel like the rest of them are just amalgams of the rest of the yeah. characters. And they yeah. pull out elements where they need it. But <laughs> I, I, I see what you mean about the Bacchanal and that party. But I just, I, I think, again, it would have been more effective if the whole group was supposed to be present. Do you know what I mean? Whereas, yeah. like, um, Freddie and Rachel, oh, and Freddie didn't, didn't go, did he? But Rachel no. went. He said he'd been once before and it was an experience and, you know, yeah. no thanks. Yeah. But I just don't, again, I just don't, I don't get it. <laughs> I didn't get I that bit. It didn't feel I, right. And they, uh, Bram's character was all over the place, regardless of like what kind of intoxication he was kind of experiencing. Mm. It was, it was a mess of a scene. And also the attacks on Rachel. Yeah. Like the physical borderline sexual assault yeah why well it was never mentioned again i know yeah that in itself would be pretty damn traumatic yeah yeah i don't know it was entirely unnecessary and odd basically yeah <laughs> uh, uh, oh dear needed a good edit really yeah. needed a good edit but alas. Never mind. Well, indeed, indeed. I suppose we should move on to weather as a literary device, but there is no weather, so that was easily cleared up. Zero weather. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, I think the only time I remember her mentioning the weather is at the end when she goes into Central Park in the middle of the night and it's snowing. Yeah. But there's nothing else. Literally. New York is such a good setting for weather because mm. they get all seasons so vibrantly. Yeah. But nothing. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. And especially like again with the with the horror kind of slant on it, it just would have been so much more atmospheric to have the weather play into that more. So like yeah. just a bit of fog. You know, if Dorian Gray can can roll out some fog, I feel like this book <laughs> exactly. could have rolled out more fog. Exactly. <laughs> especially in New York, like they get, yeah, they get fog, especially at that time of year. And the New York and, in the snow is bitter and painful, yeah. but also beautiful. And it's such a good contrast. And it was mm. just, or just like teeming with ignored. rain as well. Like the, you know, the mm. way that that could have changed some of the scenes, or like yeah. been been almost like the reason why they had to be in certain places and stuff. Like it could have been more of a. Uh, could have been a player yeah. in the story, couldn't it? Yeah. But it, but it wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> Our final tenet of Dark Academia is underdeveloped social skills or the protagonist is portrayed as an outsider. And that yep. is a big fat yes across the board. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, found Rachel... Rachel abhorrent. Like, there was nothing Agreed. redeeming about her. I've she was awful to other people she was awful to people that she didn't know which you know we've all, we all judge people but i mean crikey yeah she was awful to the people that were trying to be friends with her mm-hmm. um yeah she also said she like turned everything on herself as well didn't she yeah it's only like right 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 at the end where she suddenly starts to be like Oh, shouldn't we shouldn't we talk about the fact that somebody is dead or something like somebody has died mm. or whatever? But yeah. literally but that still every came time 
from a position of like she feels guilty and it's her friend that she's yeah, upset about. That's true. She wasn't it's, fussed when Lux herself. No, and even when you think that she's going to be like, uh, oh, I can't. This is a terrible thing that I did. It wasn't. She was more worried about like what Lux might do to her or. Um, yeah, she's such a monster. Like, there was never any kind of recognition of consequences for being a yeah. shit person. Definitely. <sighs> not good. No responsibility but taken. But obviously, you know, she's not a snotty rich kid, so she's obviously better automatically. Obviously. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> I love that our next section is criticisms and interpretation of isolated elements we've literally just criticized all the way through um i think we've honestly covered all of my points bar one uh, already yeah i think i don't know what what's on your list um so i was talking about the um the secret history parallels and the you know complete lack of character growth mm-hmm. and depth the only other one is the setup of the final girl trope. Right. So the final girl trope in horror movies is that it's the one person that's left after a massacre or an incident who is left to tell the story. Traumatised, broken, a bit shattered, you know? And I feel like the Mary Shirley Club kind of is set up as this final girl taking agency over her fear, you know, getting um, back on track, overcoming her panic attacks and everything. But as well as then inflicting that on other people, Mm. she also just gets made the final girl again. And all of that agency is completely stripped away because she's been played the entire time. Yeah. And it just, like... It... what Maybe it's a... It's a cyclical thing. I don't know, but it just felt like a really disappointing resolution to that because that could potentially have been something really powerful. Yeah. Like when coupled with her trauma, like her going, God, you know what? Like this, what was done to me? I'm doing this to other people. And I don't know. And it, yeah. Whereas instead it was like, oh, it's happened to me again. Do you know what I mean? Like she doesn't get to have that kind of release or that kind of realisation or, Mm. you know, what is called a come to God moment, does she? Because she finds out that all of her kind of power never existed. Mm -hmm. But she's only upset about that because she's put in the right, in, in that situation again. She's, that could have made her, could have triggered that realisation. Yeah. Of this is what, we've been doing yeah and this is what is happening to people all over because we find out that the mary shelley club actually has like chapters in different towns yeah and you know the home invasion that i really hate that terminology i don't know why it sounds icky to me anyway (laughs) the home invasion that results in um rachel killing a boy in self-defense when he attacks her we find out that that was part of a fear test and it's just like left hanging. Yeah, I think with a and lot of com- a, a lot of it, we just don't ever fully understand the motivations for it. I think we don't ever no. understand the whys, 
And I think that's why it all just kind of gets left up in the air. There's no, like, emotional resolution. No. Because that final girl element and the cyclical chapter thing, they could have come together as something really strong for Rachel. And it's just left flapping in the wind, you know? Yeah. And especially since through the whole book, the the author kind of name drops a bunch of films where there is like a strong final girl element. And actually some of those films do have quite powerful resolutions. I mean, there are issues within horror as a genre with how it represents women and violence towards women Mm -hmm. and stuff. But at least often, I say often, there are some films that take this on and you still go through all the same kind of tropes and misogyny and all of that gumph, but at the end she's still standing and it's in a in a powerful way rather than in I found I almost found it invalidating to yeah. those kind of stories. Mm-hmm. I think this book had the potential to subvert the final girl trope. Mm. And it didn't try. I think it also would have been more interesting if she was running this alongside her continued therapy because she needs therapy. Yeah, that would have been a really interesting parallel, actually, wouldn't it? Mm. If we got glimpses into that. Yeah. But interestingly, so the UK version is called The Last Girl. Yeah. And I think it's interesting to look at, like, the difference of that. If, If we had seen that title and that cover... We would not have bookmarked that for the Dark Academicals because that is a thriller horror horror trope. Yeah. But the Mary Shelley Club, that is Dark Academia. Yeah. It's such an interesting comparison in the way these titles are marketed, UK and US. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think as well, if Final Girls or The Final Girl, I can't remember what the title is, by Riley Sager didn't exist, the book would have been called The Final Girl in the UK. Yeah. Definitely. And that is very clearly a... It's not Riley Sager. Is that right? It is a Riley Sager, Sager, isn't it? Chloe. Because there's also the Final Girl Support Club by Grady Hendrix. Oh, yeah. I'm sure there's a Riley Sager. Final Girls by Riley Sager. Yeah. I was correct. Um... So yeah, it, it had so much potential and it just didn't deliver mm. on any of it. And it's so frustrating because <laughs> it's nearly 500 pages I long. Know. And how I... is there no resolution? <laughs> I think for me, I um, also found that a lot of the... Where there could have been a lot of discussion or just better placement of like um, certain issues like they do touch on the feminism and the misogyny and like the placement of women within horror mm-hmm. and like even in literature um it always just feels a little bit like shoehorned in yeah definitely because it's never fully realized it's never fully explored it's just kind of like i've talked about it um let's go stab some people <laughs> yeah it doesn't and you doesn't quite get there no, it's it's ticking boxes. Yeah. And I think so, that's the same as what you were saying with um, 
Rachel being classed as um, Hispanic as well, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah, so she's she's Hispanic by her own description. And I'm not saying that because I'm trying to take away from how she's been culturally placed. But if you, like you said, if you changed her name, you wouldn't know. There are no markers. Um, and yet it was such a good opportunity to celebrate certain parts of her Hispanic descent and culture and also to see how that would integrate with these horror films and also the final girl who is almost always white and also her place in an elite Manhattan prep school yeah yeah and it was just again it felt like a tick box yeah yeah I mean fat phobia in the first book this in this one god knows what's in the middle ones oh dear (laughs) i also i have to comment on the names because the names make me irrationally angry (laughs) i'm sorry but lux thayer bram bram stoker freddy is freddy krueger Rachel is apparently uh, the main character in the Halloween franchise. Haven't seen them, but I did Google because I wondered if there was a <laughs> some connection there. And it all just really pisses me off, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> These names are ridiculous and stupid and they annoyed me. <laughs> it just Basically. didn't need to be every single name didn't need to be a unique name. I know. <laughs> like, I know people have unique names, but they're are common names because common names are common. Yeah. And if you name every single character like something that references something from horror because you can, it just feels forced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just not good. I think I was only like 20 pages in when I messaged you like, what is with these names? <laughs> I got I got Bram straight away and I got Freddie and I, I was fine with those. I think Freddie and Bram and obviously Rachel because it's not in your face and obvious. But then when every single character kind of had a link somewhere, I was like, no, come on, stop. Yeah, it's 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 overkill. Yeah. Too much. Way too much. So yeah. In conclusion, we did not like this book. No, not really. Basically. I gave it one stars. Yeah, I gave it two. um, And I feel like that was generous. Mm. Um, I would have given it 1.5 if Goodreads was put the half star in. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, and for me, it wasn't Dark Academia. It had lots of the elements, but none of the vibes. Yeah. Yeah, it could almost tick off the list, but it did it so heavy handedly. It was almost like it was trying to tick off a list. (laughs) Yeah. Another tick box situation. Yeah. Yeah. This wasn't a strong point of our reading for the Dark Academicals, let's no. say that. It was an experience. And... It was definitely an experience. But the next book, oh, the yes. next book. So the final book of season two is a beloved series by the, by the internet in general and by us personally. We'll be rereading The Raven Boys by Maggie Stifata. Yes. Cannot wait. I love the series. 
There are only two reasons a non-seer would see a spirit on St Mark's Eve. Either you're his true love, or you killed him. Part of a clairvoyant family, Blue has spent 16 years being told that if she kisses her true love, he will die. So when she meets Gansey's spirit on the corpse road, Blue knows that either he is her true love, or she has killed him. The boy emerges from the dark and speaks directly to her. His name is Gansey, and he is a student at Aglianby? A wealthy local private school, with three other mysterious and privileged boys, he is on a quest to find the grave of Glendower, a Welsh king buried somewhere on a Virginia ley line. Whoever finds him will be granted a supernatural favour. Never before has Blue felt such magic around her, but is Gansey really her true love, the one she is destined to kill? Blue never fully believed in the prophecy, but as she is caught up in the strange and sinister world of the Raven Boys, she's not so sure anymore. Oh, I can't the wait. The summary is just beautiful. Oh, yeah. Gansey, just Gansey. Oh, we're gonna have to have a have a talk about whether it's Gansey or Gainsey. But um, oh yeah, because <laughs> I say Gansey, you say Gainsey, don't you? Yeah, we might have to listen to the audiobook Um, <laughs> yeah. what was I gonna say about this? Oh, I just think it's funny that we were, we were, we just made a comment about silly names. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> we have Blue, we have Gainsey or Gansey. Uh, uh, I think everyone else has got normal names, haven't they? Noah, Ronan, um, Adam. Adam. Yeah, they're all fine. Yeah, yeah. That's fine. <laughs> Two weird names is, all, is acceptable. <laughs> so excited for this one. But again, though, like, they're, they're in the. They work because Blue comes from a family full of weird names yeah it all works and it's so exciting <laughs> and this this will be my third third read for this i think okay it's my second because i'm still reading the series but <laughs> <laughs> hopefully she'll finish it who knows mm. stranger things have happened <laughs> <laughs> right i think that's it from us today yep thank you for joining us um for a rather harsh discussion of the Mary Shelley Club by yeah. Goldie Minervsky. If you read it, good luck. And if you have read it, we would love to discuss it with you because, yeah, we've probably got more to say. <laughs> um, so thank you for joining us and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.